for Christmas. And I, I, I love Christmas, and one of my favorite things about Christmas is, is, is all the surprise that comes with it. All the, like, the wonder when you, when, you, when you do it right every now and then, and you buy that gift that they really want. You know what I'm talking about? When, when, if you're like me, a lot of times I'll buy the gift that I thought they wanted or I wanted them to like, and they didn't love it, and then you feel disappointed. Maybe that's just my marriage, but that's what I find a lot of times. But on the rare occasion when I, like, when I get the right gift that she doesn't see coming and I see the joy in her eyes, I can't tell you how much joy that brings me. When she sees the surprise, because behind a surprise is always thought and intention. It's always, it's always love. You get to see that that person thought of you so much, they orchestrated some type of situation that would communicate to you how much that you matter to them. I love surprise. And the thing about Christmas is it's this incredible moment in history when all of humanity was surprised by God. Where where we maybe expected him to show up one way or move in one way, but the way that he entered into the human story is maybe one of the most surprising stories we've ever known. That God himself would step out of the heavens and he would enter into our story and he wouldn't come as the powerful one, he would come as the humble one. So what would you do if you had the, all the power in the world would you yield it to have people worship you or would you give it away so that you could serve people? And this is the story of Jesus, that God would become a baby. What a surprise. I remember one of the first moments that I surprised my wife is she was a girlfriend at the time and, and, and she was living in Australia and I wanted to let her know how much I loved her and I missed her, so we were doing long distance. So six months into long distance, I said, you know what would be the romantic, most romantic thing in the world to do? I'm going to go and get my boo. <laughs> so I buy a ticket and I fly across and, and she has no idea. Only her twin sister knows and her mom knows. And, and we set it all up to where I'm going to spend her birthday with her in Australia. And I land, her sister picks me up, and, and then I write this card to, for her sister to give to Rebecca, and in the card I wrote, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there for your birthday, but I want you to know how much I love you, how much you matter to me, how much I wish you have the best birthday ever, and so close your eyes, and the count of three, I'm going to give you your gift. And, and then as she's reading this, I'm like hiding behind a pillar, just like watching it, <laughs> which already like a brother in Australia is a rare sighting, anyway. <laughs> and, and I'm hiding behind a pillar, and people are like, what's wrong with that dude? I'm like, Don't worry about it. I see her close her eyes, and I creep up, and then her sister says, all right, on the count of three, open your eyes. One, two, three, open. And the moment she says open, my wife jumps up, gives me the biggest hug in the world, and starts kissing me. And you're like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but like that, like, not married yet, but want to be married, kissing. You know what I'm talking about? You know, that, you know? <laughs> and, and right when, when she, she jumps up immediately, I was like, I don't know, something's wrong. Because there's a universal rule with surprises that there's like the shock and awe moment. And, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, anybody, 
Uh, Robbie Lee, Courtney, are you in, you in the building? Courtney, are you here? Where you at? Where you at? Yep, there's Rob. Yep. So if you know Robbie, who has this amazing girlfriend named Courtney lives in Florida, she surprised him yesterday. Flew here. She's in the audience. What up? We miss you. We love you. So glad you're here. And, and there's a video of Courtney surprising Rob. You see Rob, here's his reaction. And, and no joke, he, he's like that, it goes to the next video, because 15 seconds of him just... And then she literally grabs his arms, puts them over her, like, give me a hug, and he's like... Right, a genuine surprise. What are you doing here? I didn't expect... That didn't happen with my wife. She jumped up immediately, which tells me she already knew. That's what I said. So I said, who told? Oh, your twin sister. Court, you share DNA. Of course you're gonna share secrets. And she said, no, it wasn't my sister. I said, All right, it was your mom then. She loved you, she wanted to give you like heads up. It was your mom. She said, it was my mom. I said, well, who was it then? Those are the only two people I told. You know what she told me? It was God. And it was about that moment I was like, maybe I should leave. <laughs> I was like, oh, you one of those, like, God talks to me people? I mean, it's still long distance. We ain't married yet. And I was like, what do you mean that God told you? And she said, I had a dream last night. And in the dream, we we're on the phone, and you said, hey, I can't wait to see you tomorrow. And he said, I can't wait to see you tomorrow, too. I love you. And she hung up. And then she woke up. And then she said, wow, that was weird. God, am I going to see Joe tomorrow? And she said, God, can you please tell me, is Joe coming? Am I going to see him tomorrow? And then God said, yes. God ruined my surprise. <laughs> That's cool. I guess if anyone's going to ruin it, it's better to be God than anyone else. And, and, and there's something about this thing called surprise that I think our souls really desperately long to have moments that we do not predict, but that change us from the inside out. See, I want to dive into the Christmas story and have a conversation about what it looks like to be taken by surprise by God, who in all of his divinity and all of his power chose to humble himself to become like you and me, to walk like us, to talk like us, so that if there was going to be a day in our lives when we could ask ourselves, does God know what he's talking about? See, the life of Jesus is a reminder that God has lived our story. See, in Luke chapter 2, in verse 1, this is where the story of God with us begins. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, 
She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. See, right here, we can pause and and learn a little bit about God in this moment. See, we just celebrated uh, two months of our newest baby, our our third child. His name is River. I almost forget that. Yeah, it's River. And, and so we just were in the hospital. He was just born. And, and I can't tell you how, like, sterile they want the delivery room. See, they want everything to be clean. They want everything to be pristine. Nurses and doctors know exactly where everything is because when it comes time for this baby to come out, it's such in a fragile place, they need to have a controlled environment. It's such a necessity can tell you that where Jesus was born, the the environment that he entered into was a complete mess. See, See, Jesus enters into a story where he's born next to barn animals, where he has no place to lay his head. So Mary puts him in a manger of food troughs where animals will eat out of. Think about that. God in his first moments on earth, laid his head where animals would eat later on. I can't tell you what that communicates to us about the character and the nature of God. See, we want to tap into God's power, and God's like, I'm waiting for you to tap into my humility. See, you're asking for all the wrong things. You're... you're, you're not capturing the essence of what makes me truly human. And it was, it was that God chose to show you what being human really looks like, and that's to tap into your humility. And God becomes a baby. Think about that. God becomes a baby. Do you know, have you ever been around a baby? Come to my house. We've got plenty to go around. They are, they are like cute, but they're completely useless. They do nothing but suck energy and time from you. They take your sleep. They take your food. They're going to they're gonna take your money later in life. They, they do nothing for you. And why would God choose to come in the form of, baby, of a baby? See, here's what we need to understand. See, there was people waiting for God to show up. They knew a Messiah was coming. They just did not want a Messiah to come as a baby. See, we don't want God to come to us in our humility. We want God to come and give us his power. They say, no, you need to look at Jesus. You need to actually see the story that he chose to live out. And not only was this barn a mess, his family was a mess. Mary was claiming that she got pregnant by the spirit of God. You try that out today and see how that goes. It's not going to go well, right? See, see Mary was an outcast. We, we look at it now, and it's like, oh, God could, like, we understand, and we believe in the virgin birth. There was no virgin birth before. There's never been one after. See, Mary was an outcast. Jesus entered into a dysfunctional family. You think Carrie Washington knows about scandals? Ooh. I watched season one. It was a great show, and then it tailed off, and then it tailed off. <laughs> See, see, God chose in his first moments of life to enter into maybe the most scandalous moment in human history. You know why? I think 
Because he wanted you to know that he can handle your mess. See, if we're going to have moments in our lives that we're taken by surprise, see, the first thing that we have to be willing to do, you have to be willing to stand in your mess. I think so oftentimes we're afraid of it. We, we don't want to give it over to God or we want to act like everything's okay. And God's like, do you realize the story I began with? So stop holding the darkness that is killing you from the inside out and put it in my hands because I can be trusted with it far more than you can. He's like, trust me with all of you. Trust me with those pieces of you that you've been withholding and that you're afraid of. Because Jesus is like, look how my story began. And, and if you allow me to, you don't have to let your story end with your mess. It's actually in my hands that we don't realize you can't even spell Messiah without the mess. See, you, you can't, I think it's intentional. You, you cannot get to the Messiah without first giving him your mess. All the parts that you've been withholding. Because you think he can't handle it. But he's like, I can handle it all. And, and then it's also crazy when you think about God, when he begins his time on earth, the environment he steps into. And, and at the end of it, it says, she wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger. Why? Because there was no guest room available for them. No guest room available. There was no place for God to reside on his first night on earth. There wasn't room for him. We didn't create space for him. There was no room for God. Man, it's crazy that that hasn't changed much over the last 2,000 years, right? That we still are having a problem actually creating room for God in our lives. Maybe you're hearing like, ah, I don't know. That doesn't, that's not me. Okay. I'm going to give you some scenarios, see? So I know some of you, you're in here and you began a new relationship and then all of a sudden you're like, I got no more room for God. We're not, we're not there. Yeah, you're like, mm, too, too close, Joe. No. See, some of you are, you're like, God, I'm, I'm all in. And, and then you move to L.A. to pursue God and to pursue your career. But, but make sure God's in the center. You're like, you move to a new city. And then all of a sudden you're like, sorry, God, I don't have room for you right now. And then I know some of you are in here and you get that big break. You've been praying for that role, for that audition, for that callback. You get it, and then all of a sudden, you have no more room for God. Isn't it crazy that the very thing that we pray for oftentimes from God is the very thing that keeps us from God? See, I know some of you are in here, and you're like, Jesus, if, if I just had a wifey, man, if you gave me a wifey, Jesus, you, you, you make those deals with God? I'm all in as soon as you give me a wifey. And then he gives you a wifey, and then all of a sudden you're not here anymore. Okay, didn't, didn't speak to y'all. Okay, right, yep. Yeah. Some of you are like, I can't pay the bills. God, I just need a, I need a new job. Man, if you give me a job, I will be faithful to you. I will read my Bible every day. I'll invite my friends to church. And then you get that job. And that's the last time we saw you at church. Wow. Dang, I didn't know. Not y'all either. Okay. <laughs> See, way too often, this is how we interact with God. As we say, God, I'm all in. I'm all yours. God, God, God. Because we only really want the stuff. We don't actually want the spirits. 
And God's saying, no, I, so you don't realize that, that I'll give you the stuff. I'll give you more. But, but it's not about that. It's about actually I want to connect with you on a heart level. So you got to make sure that in your prayer time that the very thing that you prayed for isn't the very thing that keeps you from the heart of God. And, and then so Jesus is born. He's in this manger. He has no place but this room. And, and then we sort of are introduced to new characters in the story in verse 8. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rest. So now we take a little bit of a detour where all of a sudden we're, we're introduced to these shepherds in a field nearby. And it says that these shepherds were keeping watch of their flock at night. And, and that tells us something about these shepherds, right? And we live in LA. There's not a whole lot of sheep just grazing around here. And, but, but one summer we went to visit my wife's family and, and her uncle has this massive farm in the South Island of New Zealand. And and they said, come and spend the day with us, and we'd love to see you. So we went. And, and, and Uncle Murray, who's just like the coolest, like, 65-year-old dude you'll ever meet on the planet, he said, do you want to come, like, shepherd the sheep with me? I was like, I thought you'd never ask. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I've not been called to be a shepherd for my life, but for a day, I feel like I can do this. Yeah. And Uncle Murray, you know, he, he's got a dirt bike. Because the way you like shepherd sheep now is different than you did back in the day. And so he's on this dirt bike and he's got these mud boots and, he, and he's got a button up shirt with like the three top three buttons down. So his chest hair is like springing out. I'm like, Uncle Murray, you look so cool. <laughs> and then he rides around and he's got thousands of sheep that are his, that he's purchased, that he's, that he's created or what, not created. He's that <laughs> breed, he's bred. <laughs> Maybe he's doing another business. I don't know. <laughs> and, and he has these dogs where he clicks. And he makes these noises. And these dogs know that there's, these are the commands. And the dogs will go and bite the sheep's hind legs and get them to move where they need to go. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. It was, and Carl was like, can I bring these dogs back with me? I'm like, I want a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and this is how he shepherds. Every single day, he wakes up at 4 a.m., and he grabs the dogs, and he grabs the bike, and then for the next eight hours, he is just moving the sheep, day after day after day. I say, is there, is there a moment, can, can the dog just do it on their own, or, or can you just take a day off? And he says, no, if I take one day off, that's the time and the moment when that one sheep can get lost. Hmm. Interesting that later in life, Jesus would talk about that he's the good shepherd, that he would talk about this is actually what he has been in our relationship, that we are the ones that he is trying to call back to himself. See, with these shepherds, 
It says that they, I love intentional with the language. It says that they were keeping watch over their flocks at night. See, see, I know that there's some of you here. I, I feel it and I sense it. Some of you here that I would love to just be taken by surprise by God. I would love to just feel his, his presence and I'd love to, whatever he has for me, I'm ready for it. In fact, if, you, if you're here right now and you're like, I just, I'm ready to be taken by surprise by God. I'm ready to be just overwhelmed with what he has for me. I want you to make some noise right now if that's you. Okay, some of you. Some of you are like, I don't know, am I ready for it? It's not about being ready for it. Do you want God to move in your life? All right, so here you go. I'm going to give you practical keys. DJ Khaled, what up? You want a key to how God can show up in your life in a powerful way. He can surprise you. All right, here's the first thing. Go to work. Yeah, you don't want to hear that. I feel you. All right. I got another one. I got another one. Number two. Number two, you want God to surprise you. I want God to show up in a profound way. Number two, do your job well. Number three, handle your responsibilities. See, these shepherds, they weren't doing anything special. There, there was nothing that was unique about them why God would choose them to be the very first people to lay eyes on him. See, what is it about this group of of shepherds that God would choose to have such an incredible moment. It was this, they were faithful. And I think so often we, we want to meet God in the miraculous. We want to meet God in the magic. And he's like, no, I want to actually just meet you in the meaningful. I, I want to meet you when you just show up to work and you actually come in early rather than show up when you're expected. Hey, I, I want to meet you in that space when, when, like, these shepherds were keeping watch over their flock at night. So I think God is looking for women and men that are willing to actually serve him and seek him and move towards him in these moments when no one is watching. So if you only want to be elevated in the eyes of others, you are not ready to be elevated in the eyes of God. See... See, they, they just chose to do their job. They chose to be honorable in what God had called them to in that moment. And, and if you're going to be taken by surprise, you have to stand in your mess, but then you also have to stay at your post. And, and when I say stay at your post, it means, you see, it's so easy to bail, isn't it? So I was having a conversation with somebody this morning. I Man, I had so much fun. I had a blast and an honor speaking at Mosaic Venice this morning. And such good people. And I love that campus. I love that we were one church, multiple sites. And I, and I had a conversation with this woman at the end of the gathering that I hadn't seen in years. And I saw her at the very end. And it was as if God let me see her. And, and she came rushing up. She said, so good to see you. And, and the moment I said, how you doing, just she broke. She just, she just broke. And she just started sharing how her husband is in the middle of going through a really tough time and is talking about leaving her. And you could just see the pain and the heartbreak in her face. And someone she had committed her life to now is willing to tap out at the first sign of trouble. See, it's so easy to leave when things get hard. That makes you common. 
See, it makes you ordinary. See, so many people in our world today, the moment the temperature rises, the moment it requires more of us, is the moment that we tap out rather than choose to stay at our post and go, it's not about what other people see, it's about God, I want to honor you in this moment. See, I don't know if there's anybody in this room where there's marriages that are on the brink. So I get a sense that there's some of you in this room that you're, you're on, on your last leg and you desperately want to hit that eject button. You want to be over because you can't handle it anymore. But, but if you can take on the spirit of the shepherd, if you can stay your post, you can be overwhelmed by the presence of God and let his love surprise you today. It's so easy to quit. But when you quit, you not only are quitting in the job or you're quitting in the moment, but you're missing out on the restoring nature of how God works. See, God is always the God who renews. And when we can trust him with those parts of our lives, see, I know some of you are in this room and you're drowning in despair. You can't think of the last day when you woke up and you just had a smile on your face and you don't know what to do next and you don't know how to take that next step and you just want to give up and and that's the moment when you need to remember this little baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger because it was this baby that was supposed to be a symbol of hope that said hold on don't give up this is why I came. Because it's in those moments when we feel so overwhelmed, when God's like, this is exactly what I specialize in. So trust me. And then in verse 15, right after these shepherds hear about this story of, of this baby, the Messiah, being born, it says, as the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. And they told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child and all who heard the shepherds were impressed. And Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them, holding them dear, deep within herself. The shepherds returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. I love that. That the moment that they come, they hear this story about this baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. It's the Messiah. It's the one that everyone's been waiting for. It says that they went running. I love that. Because see, so often there's, there's moments when we come and we say, God, I want whatever you have for me. But rather than come running to him, we come strolling to him because we want to be so cool. And he's like, oh, and I see, see I, just, I, want, I want some of God, but, I, but I, I, only, I don't want too much of God where people can see that, that I've got God. And, and we have this casual relationship. I love that these shepherds, there was nothing casual about them. It says that they went running and they said, there's a baby, there's a Messiah, that's God in human form. What am I waiting for? I got to run to them. See, I think far too often this room is filled with walkers when it should be filled with runners. 
of people saying, God, I'm going to run to whatever you have for me. And I don't mean like running around, doing circles, running up the walls. Don't be that crazy one. But I do mean you're running in your spirit saying, God, I don't want to waste another moment for whatever you have for me. See, I know there's some of you in this room that you would run. You would, you would want the hope that God has for you, but you're walking towards it when you got to run towards it. See, some of you are, are drowning in loneliness. Man, I can't tell you how many moments in my life when I've been consumed with loneliness. And I, just, I just wanted people. I just wanted a friend. I just wanted a community. And I, and I didn't know how to take that next step. And I just, I just stayed lonely. I know there's some of you here. This city is filled with lonely people. And this is why we're here, to let people know that, that there's a God who loves you that will always create space for you. So I know that there's some of you, you're waiting. You're waiting for what God has for you, but you need to be like these shepherds when, when it said that seeing is believing. See, some of you have heard about the love of God, but you've yet to come and see it for yourself. And shepherds ran to it. And, and then I love that the fact that it says that, that they returned and let loose. Man, what does it look like to just let loose for whatever God has for you? See, see what would worship look like in this room if we all just let loose? I remember one moment Pastor Irwin was with me in the back in a moment that changed my life. He said, it was in between gatherings, and he said, your talk was great. It was awesome, but I knew everything you were going to do because you're so contained. He said, what I need you to do is I need you to unhinge because you're so bottled up. You so want to get it right. See, some of you are here, and you want to get life right, so you're so bottled up. And God's like, let loose. See, when we leave this place, we should be on fire letting loose saying, let me tell you what I just experienced. See, if we experience something profound tonight, but it stays in this room, we have done God a disservice. See, everything that we receive from God is supposed to be an outpouring that we give to those around us. Now, people are waiting to experience what we've experienced. They're waiting to be taken by surprise by God. But how can they receive the surprise, the gift that God has for them if we keep it to ourselves? Yeah. See, if you want to have moments in your life that are filled with awe and wonder and surprise, when you see God in a fresh way, you have to be willing to stand in your mess, to not avoid it, not to cover it, just to say, God, I'm a mess. God, I need you. And you stand in it. And then you invite other people into it. And, and you let community all of a sudden lift you up when you don't have the strength on your own and say, we don't see you for your mess. We see you for the hope that's waiting for you. But you got to first be willing to stand in it. And then when you stand in your mess, you got to be willing to just stay at your post. 
that you got to live a life of faithfulness where, where you see that God is, is ready to give you more. He's ready to have moments when, when you experience him in a fresh way, in a profound way. But, but he first needs to see if you're willing to dig in deep. And when it gets hard, that's not when you flee. It's actually when you dig even deeper. But then this last thing that, that you have to do if you're going to be surprised by God is you have to live a life where you commit to share your story. See, if these shepherds would have left the manger, if they would have left this barn, having a moment with God that stayed with them, we wouldn't be talking about it 2,000 years later. See, the story of God, the message of hope, the essence of Christ is only lived out from person to person. Think about that. God chose you and me to be containers of hope, to be carriers of joy, that everything that the world needs, every human solution that would solve the world's biggest problem, he put it inside of another human being and said, it will only be unlocked through your love. That God chooses to use us as his messengers. And, and sometimes you just need a symbol Sometimes you just need a marker. And, and God came in the person of Jesus because it was a marker, it was a symbol, it was a moment in human history that would change every moment moving forward. Because there's something about babies that as ugly as they are, and you know it, if you, if you have a child, yours is not, yours is the most beautiful baby the world's ever known. But for the rest of us, babies are like little aliens. And we act like they're cute and the, these big heads are like, that's my big head. But there's something about babies that God knew. See, God knew that it was important for him to come, not as grown up Jesus performing miracles and healing the sick and preaching the gospel. See, God wanted you and I to understand that, that the reason he came as a baby is because he wanted us to know that there's always hope. In the moment that these shepherds laid eyes on Jesus. The moment that Mary and Joseph laid eyes on Jesus, the moment that everyone heard this story about this little baby that would be the hope for the world, that would be the one that we would send good news. It was a reminder to us that even in the darkest of days, there is always hope. And that's why Christmas is so beautiful. Because I know some of you in this room had the worst year of your life. There's things that happened to you this year that you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. And you're like, how can I celebrate Christmas and celebrate Jesus and celebrate joy when I just, I just wanna be in a corner and I wanna give it up. I know there's some of you here 
you want is hope. You're desperate for it. Your soul is longing for it. And you're like, this is going to be the hardest Christmas of my life. And what I need you to understand is that's why Jesus came. It's because he knew that there would be a moment in your life right now when you couldn't find the hope on your own. And he said, don't worry, I put it in Jesus. There would be a moment when you would be in this room and you would say, I just want to give up. My marriage is over. And he would say, don't worry, I put the hope in Jesus. Some of you are here in this room and you're like, I have no friendships and I have no community and I don't even know if I belong anywhere. And he said, I put the hope in Jesus. And I know there's some of you right now that you're like these shepherds and you've heard stories of what this hope is waiting for you. This hope that you've been desperate for. What you need to understand is that God is a gentleman and he will never manipulate you. He will only compel you. And some of you, right now, you need to know that what you're longing for, what your soul is desperate for, it's waiting for you. It's wrapped in cloth and it's lying in a manger. It's next to some farm animals and it's being held by his mother. There's some shepherds nearby that are hearing about it. And it's God just saying, I'm here ready for you whenever you want to come home. And for some of you tonight, it's your time. It's your time to just receive the hope that only comes in Jesus. See, some of you have tried everything else. You've tried the energy. You've tried the crystals. You've, just real. You've tried the water healing. You've tried everything. And you're trying to replace it, but the only thing your soul will connect with is that it's the places for Jesus. So if that's you here tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to just let his love consume you right now. If we could all just bow our heads and close our eyes. If you're here right now and, and you've tried everything, you've tried to fill that void deep within your soul with with everything except God. Or maybe you've tried God as a supplement, but you've actually yet to be, let him be the priority. But right now, for the first time, you're ready to say, Jesus, I believe it. I believe that you love me so much that you came in the form of a baby. You humbled yourself. That you lived out a perfect, sinless life so that I could know that you could be trusted with everything. And today, Jesus, I'm ready to receive all the life that you have for me. I'm tired of existing. I'm tired of simply going through the motions. And Jesus, I'm ready. If that was you, and right now, you know you need to make that decision. You need to cross over the line of faith. You need to trust Jesus with your life. Then all you got to do right now is say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. It's as simple as those words that you're going to begin a conversation that's going to change your life forever. Just say it. Jesus, I give you my life. 
Tell him what you're going to do from this moment forward. Tell him you're going to give him all your fears, all your anxiety, all your doubts. You say, Jesus, I give you my life. And it's with that conversation with God, you get to step out of death and into life. You get to become all that you desperately long to be. Jesus, I give you my life. Okay, if you prayed that prayer right now, I want to pray for you. I want to pray God's peace over you, his hope over you, his joy in your life. But first, I need you to make a commitment right now that you're not going to keep all that he has for you to yourself and you're going to share your story. And so if you made that decision right now, you said, Jesus, I give me life, then right now I just want you to raise your hand as high as you can. I'm going to pray for you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Anyone else? Keep your hand high. This is your declaration to God to saying, this Christmas I receive all your love, Jesus. Beautiful. 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 Come on. Anyone else? Anyone else? What I love about God is yes. Come on. It's that he will create moment after moment for us. Beautiful. Come on. Father, I pray for every hand that's held high in this place right now. I pray that you would just overwhelm them with your joy. And I pray that they would know, beautiful, I see you. They would know without a shadow of a doubt that they are loved by you, that they belong to you, that there would be no voice that would try to steal from you who they are in your life. And God, I pray that that right now they would make a commitment to you. Just tell Jesus right now. Whenever with your hands, tell tell him right now, Jesus, I'm all yours. And from this moment forward, I am sharing my story. And God, I pray that you would help them to know and understand that they have a unique story that the world needs. And I pray that you would set them on fire. We love you so much, God. God, we thank you that that you'll be a baby if we need. You'll be a savior on a cross if we need. God, you'll be the hope that we need. Whatever our soul longs for, your promise is that you will be what we need. So we thank you, Jesus. We love you. And we ask all this in your name. Amen and amen. Hey, together, can we thank God for everyone who raised their hand? You can do better than that, Mosaic. Come on. They just stepped into life tonight. Man, I just want to encourage you this week. Have moments where you, where you don't follow the plan, when you don't only interact with God and sense Him or experience Him the way you always do. I want your prayer this week to be, God, take me by surprise. See, I want your prayer this week to not just be, God, I want you to have moments where you surprise me, but God, help use me so that other people can be surprised by you. Because when we together live out a life that is not about us, it's crazy how much God will be the story, not of Christmas, but all year round. And this Christmas, let's make sure that nobody understands more than us that the reason we celebrate is because there's a God who stepped into our story. He humbled himself in the form of a baby. He was wrapped in cloth, but he didn't let that cloth stop him because he said there's joy the world needs, so I'm going to live it out. There's peace that the world needs, so I'm going to live it out. So this week, be the joy and the wonder that only comes in Christ. 
Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.